You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Art History Bay Briefs. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Natalie, and we are the Art History Babes. We have our part two of our Etruscans. Why do I keep calling them Etruscans? <laughs> <laughs> like, I really put an emphasis on that E. <laughs> I don't know. I just like that long E. E? It's like E girls, like Etruscans. Like, e trade. <laughs> e trade. <laughs> Etruscans. No, Etruscans. Um, okay. Anyways, it's part two. We just talked about some spooky Etruscan funerary art. And for this, we're going to talk about a few other examples of Etruscan art, the somewhat lost civilization between ancient Greece and Rome. Before we do that, announcements. New York City trip. Super going to be super good fun time. Just going to be a great time. <laughs> Good times all around. God, I'm tired. Okay, it's going to be so fun. (laughs) I mean, we're doing so many things while we're there. Like, so many cool arts-related things. And it's going to be Christmas time, which I've heard is magical in New York. If you want to go ice skating or go see the Rockettes, like, we got downtime. We can make that happen. We're going to hit so many art museums. We're going to do some really fun, active, like, hands-on art activities we're gonna eat food and drink wine and hang out and it's gonna be super fun and we want you all to be there with us so we can meet you and get to know you because really like all of our fans just seem so dope Mm -hmm. and we'd like to actually get to spend some time with you so if that interests you head to likemindstravel.com to check out the whole itinerary we'll also have a link in the show notes but yeah get your spot today man Go get on it. Go uh, visit Laura and see what it's all about. See your rooming options. We've got quite a few at this point. Go check it out. Also, it is September, which means pretty much everyone is back to school at this point. So I've been putting together a little mini back to school YouTube series addressing some of the things that we get questions about a lot, like how to write a research paper, how to study for an art history exam, tips for writing your thesis, that kind of stuff. And yeah, so I mean, if you're back to school or you've had questions about how to be an art history student or really just a student, Mm -hmm. head to our YouTube channel because that information is going up there. And uh, yeah, I hope it helps you out. We're also going to be in Chicago coming up. Should we tell them about that? Oh, yeah. We haven't even announced that yet. That's exciting. (laughs) Chicago, we're coming for you. Sofa Chicago It is a sculptural art fair at Navy Pier in Chicago, and we will be podcasting live November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Come see us. Please. It's fun when we actually have an audience, and it's awkward when we don't, so come see us. Yeah. <laughs> should, we, should we talk about Etruscans? 
Yeah, let's talk about the Dreskins. <laughs> Where's your spooky let's flair? It. Where'd it go? <laughs> spooky. I guess this one isn't really super spooky, though. We already handled the spooky stuff about a yeah, Dreskins. I guess you're Is right. This... But I mean, I mean, spooky. Spooky's a mindset. Like, <laughs> like, look for opportunities to spook it up. Anything can be spooky if you try hard enough. I mean, especially since we're talking about long gone civilization and like ruins and digging up things. I don't know. You're right. right. This isn't as spooky as the last one. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Here we go. Let's do it. Beginning in the 8th century, the Etruscans were the people living north of the Romans until the Romans decided to conquer them in 509 BCE. Sad face, conquering is always kind of a bummer. We provide a more detailed background on our episode all about Etruscan funerary art. So you might want to go listen to that one first. If you haven't or after, I am not here to tell you how to live your life. The Etruscans were masters of bronze work, great at pottery, and began trading with their neighbors to the south in Greece and North Africa around the 7th century. Trading meant Etruscans needed to form a written language to accompany their verbal, and so they borrowed from their friends in business, the Greeks. They borrowed from the Greek alphabet and wrote right to left, so many of the Greek letters are reversed in Etruscan. While examples of writing do exist, they're generally short and the vast majority of their writing has been lost because unfortunately, that's often what happens when a civilization is conquered. So before the Romans overtook Etruria, Etruscans and Romans existed at the same time for centuries and the Romans lived in Rome, uh, south of Etruria, and even had Etruscan kings for a long time. They finally conquered in 509, and they overthrew the last Etruscan king, who, quick side note, his name was Tarquinius Superbus the Arrogant. So it kind of sounded like he needed to go anyway. Superbus. Tarquinius (laughs) Superbus. (laughs) That sounds like a cartoon character. (laughs) It's pretty great. And then the arrogant. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, with a name like that, how could you not be? Any of our illustrator listeners out there, please illustrate a character inspired by Tarquinius Superbus the Arrogant. Like, the possibilities are endless. I would love that. Please do it. Please. So after they conquered the Etruscans, it took a while for the Romans to fully absorb their culture into their own and... Over the span of a few centuries, they did that. The Etruscans were famous for their ability to work with bronze, so it's even said that the Romans would seek out Etruscan artists to hire for bronze casting. You know, after they conquered them, they'd go, like, knock on their door and be like, hey, (laughs) you want some work? You don't have a choice. (laughs) Uh, You bet you do. (laughs) Remember when uh, we conquered you? Yeah, uh, do this bronze work for me. So we even have the Romans to thank for some of what we know about the Etruscans. For example, Roman Emperor Claudius, who ruled in the first century AD, was reportedly really interested in Etruscan history and knew how to speak and write in the language. This interest prompted him to write a 20-volume history of the Etruscan people, which 20 volumes, man, like, kudos to you. We're writing a book right now, and 20 volumes is daunting. But unfortunately... 
it's not in existence today, so we won't get to see that. And let's not forget that the Romans are also responsible for wiping them out and consuming their culture. So I don't know that a 20-volume history quite makes up for that. Word. True that. Okay, so let's talk about the Temple of Minerva at Vey. Early Etruscans were much more connected to nature and would perform rituals and religious ceremonies in nature versus temples. That being said, in the 6th century, they became much more interested in building monuments for their gods and goddesses, likely from exposure to other civilizations like the Greeks. Because Etruscan temples were largely made from materials like terracotta and wood, these structures didn't last like the ones made of marble in Greece. Everything we know about Etruscan temple architecture comes from Vitruvius's writing on it, a Roman architect. Based on his description and archaeology, historians have been able to piece together what Etruscan temples look like. That's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. The models are, like, pretty detailed. Etruscan temples resembled Greek temples in many ways while maintaining qualities unique to Etruscan architecture. For one, the porch in the front of the temple made up a full half of the structure, leaving the other half to split between three interior rooms. These simple columns are made of wood and simple in style. Because so much was constructed of wood, nothing but the foundations of these temples still stand, but it's likely it was painted. The Temple of Minerva at Vey was discovered in an archaeological dig. It was obviously dedicated to Minerva, who is the goddess of wisdom and sponsor of arts, trade, and strategy. The roof was made of wood and tile, and the statues of figures, which would be on a pediment on Greek temples, were instead placed on the roof. Statues of Heracles and Apollo, or Hercules and Apollo, as you probably know them, were recovered from another temple site at Vey. These figures are slightly larger than life-size and made of terracotta. It's believed that they occupied the ridgepole on a roof of the temple, and I had to look up what a ridgepole is. It's just like the lining around the side of a roof like where gutters would go on our roofs. Ah. Yeah, I was like, where? what is a ridge pole? I see. I get it. A pole on the ridge. Yeah. That, okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. I got you. I got it's you. It's descriptive. It's good. And mm-hmm. these depict a scene from the 12 labors of Heracles. In this scene in particular, Heracles stands over the tied-up body of a Serenia, which is a gold-horned creature, which he has taken to capture. Or which he has captured. Mm. <laughs> which he has been tasked to capture. Clearly, I am tired as well. <laughs> Apulu confronts Heracles because this particular Serenia belongs to his sister Artemis. These figures were found in pieces and reassembled, but they're still missing some parts, like Heracles doesn't have either of his arms or very much of a head. But you can see that he's lunging toward Apulu while the god raises his one surviving arm, like he's going to retaliate. And Hercules, you know, is all like muscular and chiseled, or at least his leg is Like much of Etruscan art, these sculptures are animated and you can see influence from Greek Koroi and Koroi figures in like the pleats and the clothing and the stylized braids on the hair. But Greek sculpture weren't nearly as, um, they didn't have as much movement and kind of like, yeah, movement. I don't know why I'm trying to complicate this. Movement. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Greek sculpture didn't seem like as personable as like Etruscan. Yeah. Etruscan figures. There's like a Koros influence, but like they just seem warmer Mm -hmm. and like kinder. 
I I don't know why, but I really strongly associate it with the animation from Disney's Hercules, like a lot of Etruscan art and like their paintings of figures. And I know that Hercules is based on like Greek imagery, but I think because they animate it and mm-hmm. they make them move, it rings a lot more Etruscan yeah. to me. <laughs> Oh, that's, yeah, no, that's a great example. Yeah, because they are painted more, like, in the style of, like, Greek vase paintings and all of that. I know that. But because they're, like, cartoon characters, so their features are exaggerated, and then they're actually moving, it really does end up being a lot like Etruscan paintings. Yeah, good observation. That's that's a great contemporary reference. Very unlike me to bring up a <laughs> Disney reference, but we use it. And back to the whole Greek correlations Apollo's smile is just like the archaic smile of the greeks and really no less unnerving like yeah especially yeah, since he's real. like mid-battle <laughs> yeah <laughs> just this weird kind of like half smile yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't love it but hey the the archaic smile is goofy for sure mm-hmm. but yeah the etruscans man also, I just realized we haven't given Christina a shout out, and this is like her jam. So I feel like we should say hi if you're listening, Christina. Shouts out, Christina! My Etruscan <laughs> queen. This was always her favorite t- section to teach, and it's true. They're dope. Christina, come on the show and talk more about Etruscans. Yeah, please. Do a whole like full-length episode about Etruscans. I hope you're listening. If you're not, we still love you. Yeah, miss you, girl. So everyone else, now we turn to you. (laughs) Back to you guys. (laughs) Yeah, so just like it's a bummer that they're gone and thank goodness for archaeology because without it, we really wouldn't know much or anything about them. So also thank goodness for elaborate like funerary rituals because without that, we wouldn't know very much about them. Truly. And I feel like there's a chance that our interpretation of like Etruscan culture is skewed in the direction of death just because that's what we have yeah but at the totally. same time i'm glad it is because it's so interesting and it's spooky. And like, well, i wish we knew more about them <laughs> they were ending it on a spooky note look at us <laughs> circling it's all so the way back spooky. <laughs> you should have just like done the whole episode in that voice and that would have been the spooky part <laughs> uh, start at the beginning beginning and the eighth all right that's it sorry <laughs> Start over. We're doing it again. (laughs) Oh, how quickly would that get annoying? Not quickly enough. (laughs) All right. Should we wrap this baby up? Should we call it a little burrito? Yeah, a little, little. It's lunchtime. A little, little Etruscan (laughs) burrito. Yeah. I'm sure they ate those. Probably. Yeah. So Etruscans, hope you enjoyed this little two-part baby. This stuff is on your AP art history exam. So if you're studying for that, hopefully this helped you out in some way. And be on the lookout for all the spooky content we got coming your way. We got some really great full-length episodes planned. We're going to re-release all the old Halloween episodes. Plus, I've got a very special spooky corner series that's going to be rolling out that... I'm going to I'm just going to leave it there. I'm going to let you guys sit on that and try and figure out what that means cuz it's going to be good. <laughs> I think you guys should you and Brian should record all the episodes on a couch so you can call it the spooky sofa series. Oh, a spooky sofa. 
spooky sofa. <laughs> I'm really into the alliteration now that you've started it. So we're rolling with so it. So there we go. All right. So yeah. Happy spooky season, everyone. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. People are sweating, but drinking their <laughs> pumpkin spice lattes. And it's just <laughs> like, do they make ice pumpkin spice lattes? Oh, hell yeah. I'm drinking one right now. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh, man. It's good. Well, there we go. I guess oh. they are perfect for this nice, warm September day. <laughs>